You know, we've been learning about the secrets of change. How do you move from one level to another? How do you change your level? How do you engage the laws of the spirit to see that your life and we began talking about desperate praying. We talked about the law of the spirit. Desperate praying. We talked about the law of faith. How, how many of you have been blessed so far? Let me see your hand. See, new breed Christian community. We have to do a job. We have to ensure that our message is spread. I'm serious. Can we do something that between now and the end of the month of July, we will have 400 subscribers on YouTube. Can we do it? Don't worry, we are close to it already. We have 459, right? Or four, Sorry, 369. Or 359, please. It has to spread. Let me tell you what I noticed. When many people hear our messages or our stuff, what they say? Ah, why have I heard it since? That's, that's the consistent response. There was a time last year I sponsored a post on Instagram. Do you not know, you know how many people followed me after I did that? Hundred. <laughs> we sponsored a post on Instagram. And 100 people followed. They began to follow. <laughs> that means if we do more, are you with me? So we've learned about Desperate praying. We've learned about the law of the spirit, the law of faith. And last week, Sunday, we talked about drive. Were you blessed by that teaching? Were you blessed? We mentioned that there are two factors that affected the grass from growing. God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground and we're really blessed by that. But today, we want to act, talk about something else. Because, you see, no matter what is done spiritually, <laughs> there is a certain kind of man you ought to be if things will change in your favor. And you may not believe it, it's part of the raw material that is required for change to consistently happen in your life. It's part of the things that God needs. The kind of person you are can either influence his work for good or bad. You know, if a potter is trying to make a, a clay pot or something, there are some things that must not be in the clay. Are you with me? There are some materials that will spoil the work. No matter how beautiful he has planned it out already, there are some things that if they are inside, it will spoil the work. You know, I used to make a statement. I said, <laughs> don't laugh. Oh. Don't laugh. <laughs> Even though you might, you might laugh. When a man has a problem, it can be solved. But when a man is a problem, <laughs> it is difficult to solve it. Do you hear what I just said? I'll go over it again. <laughs> when a man has a problem, 
Where did I hear this thing from? There was one those days, oil industry days. And there was this guy, he came to do IT. And this guy was giving us trouble. Like, the guy was giving us so much issue. But of course, his, his, his father and his pops were highly connected. So, you know that kind of thing, that kind of bone that you cannot swallow, you cannot spit out. <laughs> you can't throw it away. You can also, it's not useful to you, you can also throw it away. So one day, I was asking my co-worker, what are we going to do with this guy? Voke said, David, when a guy has a problem, it can be solved. But when a guy is a problem, it cannot be solved. <laughs> and that's the same thing too. Sometimes, God has orchestrated things that will result in change. But some people, they are bad raw materials. Did you hear what I just said? This is why, let me tell you, this particular teaching, the Lord gave me the instructions. I, everything I'm going to talk about. Attitude. Say after me, attitude. So let's do some dictionary work. What is attitude? It's a distinct manner of behavior or disposition towards a person, a thing, a thing or situation. I've actually done this teaching before. But I'm repeating it again intentionally. Meaning you can be known by your attitude. Are you with me? You can be known by it. You can be identified by your attitude. And can I shock you? Your attitude identity. <laughs> have you seen two people of the same name and son name before? Have you seen them like that before? The worst thing that can happen is identical twins. I met an identical, identical twin recently. I think one's name is faith, the other one's name is favor. If you see them, there is no way to differentiate them. So at a point, I will say faith and favor, call the surname, because call everything together. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But at a point, somebody help me know the difference. So that one that likes to smile very well, the other one that likes to bone very well. <laughs> this one is always smiling, that one is always angry. Ah, okay. Hallelujah. A good synonym for attitude is your character. And if you check the Bible, one of the major signs that the person has been saved, or... One of the major signs that the Holy Spirit is truly at work in a person is in his character. Isaiah chapter 11. Well, let's read from verse 1. Isaiah 11 from verse 1. It says, out of the branch of Jesse shall grow up. Isaiah 11 from verse 1. Everybody read with me. One, three, go. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Verse 3. Okay, let's go back to verse 2. Can we count the spirits there? Let's count the spirits there. The spirit of the Lord, one, shall rest upon him. That's one. The spirit of wisdom, two. The spirit of understanding, three. The spirit of counsel, four. The spirit of might, five. The spirit of knowledge, six. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, seven. Do you realize that? Actually, this is the, the platform where we get the, the teaching, that teaching, the seven spirits of God. Have you heard of that teaching before? The seven spirits of God. We have it from here. Now, do you realize that? Of all the seven spirits of God, only two make reference to power or dominion. The rest has to do with something that can be seen in your disposition. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of might. The spirit of wisdom. 
So we can say, okay, let's assume the spirit of the Lord. Let's assume the spirit has dominion spirit. Are you with me? The spirit of the Lord, the Lordship spirit shall rest upon him, number one. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel. And the spirit of might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord is as though only the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of might has to, has to do with somewhat power or dominion or authority. Are you with me? The others, counsel, understanding, knowledge, the fear of the Lord. Ha. That means five out of the seven spirits of God has to do with you. One of the major signs that the Holy Ghost is at work in your life, it is in the way you, the way your life will be, your, your career, your character, your attitude, the way you understand things, the way you view things. And it's very consistent with New, New Testament theology because in the New Testament, it is not your attitude or your good works that gets you saved. Are you with me? But if you are truly saved, your attitude must change. Your character must change. If you are truly saved, let me put it like this. If you are truly saved and working with the Holy Spirit, I think it's good to put it like that. If you are truly saved and working with the Holy Spirit, the influence of that work must show your character. Now, you may want to ask me a question. Why were these spirits separated like this? And why is it called the seven spirits of God? Is it that God has seven spirits? It is that the Holy Spirit of God manifest in seven distinct ways. Are you with me? Now, why did I say seven distinct ways? Because it is possible, like we saw in the Old Testament, it's possible to function in one of those distinct ways and miss out in another of those distinct ways. Are you with me? And the reason for that in the Old Testament is because they didn't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So you will see a verse like John chapter 3 from verse 34. He says, he who God has sent, God gave not him the spirits by measure unto him. So in the Old Testament, okay, everybody read John 3 verse 34. For he whom God had sent, speaketh the word of God, for God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. He was talking about Jesus here. But the rendering shows you that you can also fall into this category. You are also part of it. Are you with me? The way he sent Jesus is also the same way he sent you. Because Jesus said, as my father has sent me, so I sent that you, Right? So he said, he whom God has sent, speak the words of God, for God giveth not the spirit and measure unto him. In the Old Testament, somebody can have the spirit of might and be lacking in counsel. Example, Samson. Somebody is telling you they want to find out the secret of your power. Delilah is in your front telling you, we want to kill you. We want to find out the secret of your power. He said, no, I still love you. He said, if you time me, you told the person, if you time me, my power will go. And they will kill me. And she tied you. They came to carry you. You cut all the ropes. Then you went back and met her. You are squeeze, squeeze in your head. You are powerful enough to cut the ropes. But counsel, you know, get. But in the New Testament, we have the fullness of the Spirit. We have been made the temple of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Actually, it's because we have him in, the, in his fullness as a person. That's why we can be full of the Spirit. And if you yield to the Holy Ghost in you after you get saved, your character will change. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved. Ephesians 2 from verse 8. It says, for by grace are you saved. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Praise the Lord. Verse 9. None of works, lest any man 
boast. So, it's not your good attitude that will make you saved. It's your works. It is by grace. Hallelujah. Lest any man should boast. Verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So, we are not saved by works, but when we are saved, we will produce good works. Does that make sense? We are not saved by good works, but when we are saved, we will produce good works. It's just like saying, you know, when we are saying this, people may say, Pastor, why we don't get this thing? What do you mean it's not by works? See, it's just like, like telling a child, for, for instance now, it's just like me coming to tell my baby, baby Joy, that the way she was born was that she was eating. That is because she ate and ate. That was why she was created in her mother's womb. It doesn't make sense. For her to be born, of, for her to be created in the womb, it is not by her sucking. Listen, there's nothing you can do to create it. There's nothing the child can do to create himself. Are you following me? The child must be born. It is after the child has been born that his eating can affect him. But trying to tell the child that he will eat, then he will now be created. It doesn't make sense. For, for the child to be created, something independent of his own will, are you with me? Must have been put in place that even if you want to put your will, it will now work. I know that it's going to stop somebody's brain. But you get what I'm trying to say. Maybe that example is confusing. Let me give another example. Exercise. Weightlifting. Dumbbells and all of those stuff. I know my level now. I tried some things before and then. For one week, the hand was... It was left <laughs> dangling. <laughs> it is not your exercise that will give you a hand. You must have been born with a hand to exercise it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So it's just like going to tell a man whose hand has been cut off. And tell him that if you exercise very well, eh, hand will grow out. If he eats plenty, then hand will grow out. No, it doesn't work like that. He must be born with a hand for his exercise to count. That is the fallacy of when we preach. You have to be, you have to be completely righteous, then you'll be born again. No, it doesn't work like that. For you to be born again, you must be born again. <laughs> you have to believe in Jesus Christ and he's there to kill the old man and produce a new man. Are you with me? And when that new man is born, he will be born with new characteristics. Are you with me? He will, be, he will come out a new creature. With new desires, with a new attitude, with new propensities. Are you with me? So you cannot claim to have the old attitude, the old character, and say you are a new creature. There must be a change. At least there must be a strong desire in your spirit man to change. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. With that said, let me show you something else. Galatians 5. You know what I'm doing? I'm trying to show you the doctrinal premise on which I'm doing this teaching. So I'm not saying, I'm not trying to teach you about developing a good attitude so that you will be saved. I am doing it because you have been saved. Because you have the ability to change. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You have the right ability to change any old character into a new one because you are different now. Are you with me? You missed the place to shout glory. Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Galatians 5 verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, mm-hmm. meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. 
Verse 24. And they that Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lost. Verse 25. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Oh, so means that means it is possible to live in the spirit and by the act of your will decide that you will not walk in the spirit. Because it tells you the fruits of the spirit, meaning if you have the spirit, it will produce these fruits. Are you with me? If the Holy Ghost is in you, this is what will come out. And now that it has come out, choose to walk in it. Praise the Lord. Everybody read this verse again. One, two, three, go. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. After me, I walk in the spirit. So quickly, what are some of the attitudes we need to put in place if we are going to see change? I know I've talked about this before. The last time I, I talked about it, I mentioned four major things to work on in your attitude. We talked about attitude to God, reverence and honor, attitude to men, love, attitude to systems, loyalty and duty. How many of you remember? That was last year, November. Attitude to life, hope. I'll add some other four right now. Because can I tell you something? Your attitude or your character is a long-term project. You will have to keep on working on it and working on it, as you are growing spiritually, the Holy Spirit will keep on showing you, correct this one. If you don't have thoughts and experience in your life, ah, something is wrong. Oh. So, I will add some today. If you can't finish, we'll stop where we stop. And maybe another time I will teach about it, I will add again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Or we'll go deeper. Let me go over the first four that we talked about last year. We said, attitude to God is what? Reverence and honor. You see, First Peter 3, verse 15, it says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. There are some things people do and you wonder, does this guy reverence God at all? You see this thing people do in church? Their phones will ring out. Loud ringing tone. Oh, no, no, no. That's Indomie. Sorry. <laughs> to ring out. When the ushers now come and say, please, your phone is waiting. Not your phone. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you <laughs> see this matter of attitude is so serious that it it see it can destroy so much. You can be praying and fasting, declaring, working hard, but your attitude will be your undoing. I cannot forget. This was <laughs> see this. I will say it. Because I'm not attacking the ministry. It's the human beings that wanted to misrepresent the ministry. We went for Shiloh. Hey, God. Hey. Hey. Final night on Shiloh ground. All of us were praying. Rakapa, the crowd everywhere were praying. Shakata, Lord, today you visit us. One woman gave seat. Hey, God. Shiloh. Final impartation night. She kept her seat. The crowd was coming in and everywhere was just getting full and full. 50,000 seats out of the tourism. This was about 7 o'clock. The meeting was to start by 7. By 5, the inside had been filled up. Outside, filled up. Us that had seats, you know, you still sit, you sit on it with alacrity. You're holding the just they're just praying. And I saw the seat in front and Everybody will come, people will come and ask, is somebody there? I'll say, I saw this woman keep her seat. 
I said, at a point, somebody came and said, I go throw away this Bible now. This kind of situation person they keep sees. Where the person did? So at the point I told myself, if I love myself, let me focus on my own work with God and leave this person sit. Another woman came, picked up the Bible and threw it. See, human beings. God they try. Picked the Bible, threw it on the floor and sat down and was praying. Then, when that happened, the woman that came and saw the Bible on the floor and said, who threw it? She said, I'm the one. Why will you keep sitting? Before you know, while I was still praying, I ate tower. <laughs> They started fighting inside the church. They fought and fought and fought. I mean, they were on the ground. And I said, and these people will raise their hand to impartation. They had to call crowd control units. I think they eventually now told everybody there to stand up. It resulted in everybody. We did, we became standard throughout. We just standing because it was, it was a mess. And in the service, I saw both of them. God of Shiloh. God of Shiloh. I said, I said, God, thank God forgiveness of sins is abundant. Too. Thank God we are not going to heaven by our works. If not, ah, if it's, God, if it's some people, you know, God. I said, angels, see their blessings. Take it out, out, <laughs> out. So sometimes you wonder. How can you fight before a service and want to be blessed in the service? I don't know. And do you know why that is possible? Because if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. It's possible to live in the spirit and refuse to walk in the spirit. It's possible to have the Holy Ghost and choose to resist him. It's possible for you not to be sensitive to the dealings of God in your heart. To the dealings of God in your inside. That wants to put you straight. And can I tell you, this is one of the signs that a person has matured spiritually. When your character has changed, when you're a child, you really submitted to God because for that to happen, you know, T.D. Jake said something years ago. He said, God is in your spirit, but your grandfather is in your bones. You have to yield to the Holy Ghost well enough to break some character traits, some propensities. There are some things that must live your life if you will change. Can I tell you the truth? If things will change for you, you have to change first. Like I always say, only broken men command breakthroughs. God will break you. God will have to break your pride. Break your arrogance. Break your haughtiness. Break your self-centeredness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not telling you this because I'm completely perfect. Because every now and then, as I grow spiritually, some things I will overlook before the Holy Ghost will say, "Mm -mm." now, at this point, you can't be like this. Praise the Lord. So there are levels. There is a level where it's just all about morality. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't lie. Are you with me? Don't watch pornography. Don't. That's one level of attitude. That's one level of character. Don't do bad things. Don't. When you grow, when you grow from that level, it's not be about bad things. It's not be about seemingly good things that are not also right. Are you with me? Even things you thought that you were right in doing, the Holy Ghost said, Mm-mm, that's not how to handle it. So, four things extra. So I've talked about Attitude to God, attitude to men, attitude to systems, attitude to life. That was what we treated previously. Today, I'll add four things. Number one, respect. Say after me, respect. First Timothy chapter 5 from verse 1 to 2. So let me just list all of them out so that in case we can't finish, uh, I can continue some other time. Respect, number one. Number two, politeness. 
Number three, service. And number four, mercy. So I will start with respect. First Timothy 5 from verse 1 to 2. It says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren. The elder women as mothers. The younger as sisters with all purity. And when they reach sisters, they say with all purity. <laughs> Actually, what's happening here is, Timothy is a young bishop. I think, it was, was it the bishop of our current or Ephesus? I'm, I will remember and find out. I'll find out and tell you maybe in a later date. And so, Paul was teaching him how to handle the, the church. In fact, can I shock you? The entire New Testament, no, no New Testament book was written to just a church member. It was either written to a church or the pastor of a church. Like this one. First Timothy, Second Timothy was written to the pastor of a church. And Paul was called to the qualifications to be a pastor. Some things a pastor should consider. It's a pastoral manual. That's First Timothy and Second Timothy. And so he was telling him that, as a young pastor, as a bishop, you will have people who are older than you in the church. There is a way to correct them. He said, don't rebuke a father like anyhow. For instance, as a pastor, I've had to pastor, and I still do pastor, many people who are older than me. Are you hearing me? For instance, Mr. Charles, mommy, why are you so? There are times when I have to correct them. Are you with me? There will be times when I have to say, right. But I cannot come out and say, you are doing nonsense. If I, there's a way I will talk to them. Even though I'm correct in, in what I'm trying to say, I am wrong in my approach. That also tells you there's an idea of honor in the kingdom of God. As your pastor, there, there's a way you should not talk to me. Are you following me? There are guys who, <laughs> I remember something that happened. I went to see a man of God in this nation, and he was telling me about somebody, a close son of his. He told me, said, he was telling me, he said, son, that guy has not learned. I was like, Pops, what's that about? He said, that guy does not learn. Even though I'm a jiving pastor, there are limits. There are things you don't do. Respect. Some people, they have closed their doors because of too much disrespect. You think everything is clear. Maybe your boss in the office. Because he's eating granite with you. He now yabs you. You yab him one strong one. Maybe he yabs you and say, ah, see your head like this. He now say, oh, God, see your head like coconut. <laughs> and he will just, hmm. everybody will laugh. Everybody will laugh. But he has marked you. Respect. You should just say, ah, oh God. Just laugh and find a way to. Don't be, it's called naive. Are you with me? Don't be naive. Life is not straightforward it's like that, though. It's not straight like that. There are many curves and twists. And the Holy Spirit, if you are following him, will show you from the word of God how to follow it. There's something you guys used to do here that I'm going to stop. When you are coming to take prayer for somebody else, don't come and drag. Are you with me? Many young people, even young ministers of the gospel are complaining. Eh, the fathers don't like our ministry. The, the people are not. Part of the problem is that you are too disrespectful. Okay, you know something more correct. You know something doctrinally accurate or more accurate in the Bible. And you want to correct the father. You are saying you have been a liar. You are a liar. Somebody has been preaching the gospel for 30 years. 
You, you started two years ago. This gospel, the gospel, the gospel. You want to correct him, you say he's a liar. Is that how to start? So you've been rubbish since rubbish you've been teaching. And you think you will some things look like common sense, but it's not common sense. I found that common sense is not always common practice. That guy you are talking to is going to be your husband. Except I'm not his respect is three, three levels. You have to have respect for those above you, those at your level, and those younger than you. There are some things you, for the fact that your mates and two of you are doing things together, you don't take advantage of it. There's this thing I used to see siblings do. I didn't so that's why I was surprised when I saw it. So you see two brothers or two sisters. You just see the sister wake up and wear the clothes of the other person. Or maybe the wristwatch or the shoe. And you know that this thing belongs to that person. You always ask the person what them before you collected it. Or you just said it's my brother now. It's not my brother. And you just carry his shirt and wear. Carry his boxers and wear. Respect. Don't be entitled. Don't just do things anyhow. You go to a place newly. For the fact they told you, feel at home, feel at home. Take it easy. They say, feel at home, feel at home. Now, so visitor carries for a remote. They told you, feel at home. You just enter the master's bedroom. You're balancing. Hey. Let feel at home. You watch. You feel at home. They're watching something. You just come. Because you're older than the children. The parents told you, feel at home. But don't forget, it's their children. You now come into the, the parlor. They are watching something. Just collect the remote. I want to watch the word. And children are wondering, where do you come from? As that child is small, you can say, please, I want to watch something. You see, it is respect, both for those above you, those at your level, and those younger than you. Even though I'm your pastor, you honor me and you ought to honor me. There are certain things I cannot do to you. For the fact... I have some level of authority over you. I should not come here and say you are very stupid. Maybe because you did something wrong. Or slap you. Maybe except I'm casting out the devil. <laughs> People have suffered unnecessarily in the name of anointing just because of this lack of respect. It's called assault. Sister Peace, go and buy water from the man of God. So she went and bought something wrong. Are you stupid? Can you? Why will you buy something like this? Pastor, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry, sir. Pastor, I, I will not do it again. You are very sorry for yourself. You lack respect, sir. Sorry to say. You know when people say we do respect, is actually there's no respect with what they want to say. Church. Members who come to church, usher say, move forward. Sit here. They will wash the usher. So who are you to tell me where to sit? See me and God. Eh? What you don't realize is that in this world, you may have prayed and declared and done this and done that. Miracles will happen. God will use men to help men. God uses men for men. Just as in spiritual, seek God and pray and fast in your house. But if, if he does not send you a teacher to explain the word of God to you, in many ways you will not grow. The Ethiopian eunuch was reading the Bible. He went to Jerusalem to worship God. He was reading the Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Bible. God did not come and say, I will teach you. You know, people say, they only need to teach you. <laughs> Later, the next Bible Lumina, I will handle that thing. What is the balance between the Holy Spirit will teach and men teach? And men will teach you. There is a balance to it. Ethiopia, the Ethiopian Enoch was reading the Bible. Oh, God had to speak to Philip and supernaturally lead Philip to where the Ethiopian Enoch was. 
And Philip had to explain the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch and the man got saved. He said, how can I understand the steps of man should guide me? How can I? In life, you need a man. No? Remember that story where Jesus Christ came to the pool of Bethesda and met that guy who was named for 38 years. And every time the angel came to the pool, that's John chapter 5 from verse 1 to 5. Every time the angel to stir the pool, somebody would jump into the pool before him. And came and asked him, will you be made whole? The man said, I have no man to push me to this pool. Whenever this pool is dead, I have no man. You know, we have, I've heard ministers and preachers criticize that guy. That how can he be saying he has no man? That he should find a way to move. Many times in life, you need a man. Some people, you know their problem, they have no man. Some other people, the, the men God gave them, they threw them away. Some other people, the men God gave them, disrespect and bad, bad behavior, bad character. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes, people tell you what you don't know. Even as well like this. Even the children around you, the people around you, everybody, all these people are important in your life. Nothing just happens by coincidence. And I said, okay. The person made an advert. That, and the person sent it to me. Let me tell you the truth. Without that person, I would never have known. It's the spiritual. But there are other laws. There are many other things. Let me tell you, I have been in deep meetings. I've been in meetings where people's names were mentioned. And everybody said, no, we will not give him. Things like that happen even in the kingdom of God. I've been in supernatural meetings. People will say, we will not give him. I wish I had time. There is something called what respect is not. Respect is not lying and calling it the truth. So, something is wrong. Eh? For instance, maybe somebody above you did something wrong. Very wrong. And in the name of respect, you say it's good. That's not what respect. Respect is that you admit the truth or you admit it politely. That is the next one. Politeness. Respect is to say, don't be angry, but this thing eh, is not good. For instance, if there is somebody who is older than me in this church, maybe I'll, some people elderly, and they do something wrong. Respect is not saying eh, it's good, it's good. That's not respect, that's foolishness. That's self-deceit. I have to meet them and say, ah, sir, ma, ekaro, ekusheo, hello. Say, eh, don't be angry. Oh. This thing, two verse, oh, no verse. But this thing, no be so. If a person cannot take correction, eh, no matter how high you are, you are, you are a problem. As Pastor David, as Pastor David, call me and ask me questions on the things I teach. Say, eh, Pastor, this thing, say, I understand it. I don't say, eh, blockhead. <laughs> When you're supposed to pray and fast, you, you will not pray. No, I won't say like that. There are times when they've actually tried to correct me, and in correcting me, I see it better. And I, hmm, this thing. There was a time I did a teaching about the Holy Spirit and Minister Ikini and Pastor Eni. We actually set up what is called doctrinal council, where we discuss when there are things in the Bible that are not clear, we go over it. So they actually explained to me that what I. I thought was correct, but the text I was using to explain it was not actually right, and they were correct. I said, okay, let's go into the Greek. Open Greek, open transliteration, sepulchians. And when I, I found out that they were correct, I said, hmm, you guys are correct. I said, but 
Look at these other verses. They're like, oh, pastor, we get your point. But those verses, we know the actual right verses to use. You know when, while we start, you know some people, when they correct the person over there once in their mind, are you with me? I was talking to a young man one day. He did not know that I marked him for that thing he said. He was doing job work under his boss before. Hmm? So he has, the boss has now released him to go and start his own, like his own shop and all of that. He told me, I don't collect customers when my boss finish. I just look at him and say, hey, you don't know who you are talking to. That statement has already cancelled you out of. Say, hey, I even knew it. He now said, I even know it more than him. For the fact you corrected him once does not mean your mate. There is a reason God put him over you. Are you following me? There is a reason he's over you. You may know it more than him, but there are things that the only experience will give you. There are things that God, see, God is God knows what he's doing. Have not seen it many times. In many systems, the people who are under some others may even seem to be more vibrant than the person on top. They may seem to, but God will just put you there. <laughs> Sometimes you may even know it more, but he will put you there to learn. <laughs> Politeness. The Bible says in Proverbs 15 from verse 1, it says a soft answer turneth away wrath. Open it. Proverbs 15 verse 1. Everybody, let's read it. So everything is fight. Everything, yeah. Everybody read it. One, two, three, go. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words tear up anger. Has somebody been talking like this? You just start vexing. Be like, ha. You will suffer for 200 years. <laughs> All those kind of things. A soft answer turneth away wrath. Some people don't know how to be polite in there. Then as soon as I've always been, as soon as I've been. Every small thing. Waiting, waiting. I will show you. Everything is fight. They correct you. You always want to defend yourself. Always want to defend yourself. You're always right. The issue is that when it's time for change, you know, human beings are more emotional than logical. Did you hear what I just said? They are more emotional than logical. So, people who have been paid emotionally, eh? It's hard to forget to. So when is they are in the seat to be a blessing to you, <laughs> they will just be like, ah, this person. However, the balance to all I'm saying is, when you have done your best, when you have tried like this, and know some people are difficult, there's people that, let me tell you the truth, if you see me shout at somebody, like change it for the person, let it be that people have known you to be gentle, to be, your character should be, Discernible, your character should be trusted. So that when they see you shout, then that something for David to shout like this, for this thing to reach like this. Ah, it has passed the water, has passed the gary, or the gary has passed the water. I don't know. Not the one that everything is fight. When you are shouting again, even if we serious, they are now so in the shout. He likes to shout now, so he be praise the Lord. Hi, okay, Jesus, let's. Please be packing your offerings as we take the remaining part. After about respect, politeness, service, and mercy. Service. You want to really go far. You want things to change. Have a perpetual attitude of service. Service. You like to serve others. You like to help others. You like to be there for others. It's just that we live in a very selfish generation. Everybody wants to be saved. They don't want to serve another person. People want to be, be on top. They want to send people a message. They want to. But the day they say you, come and save. No. You find one excuse, you run. There's something, when we were growing up, something we used to call dodge walk. Person likes to dodge. Anytime there is walk, he would just dodge. That's a way of running away. 
or when the food is ready, you come. I meet you well, oh, but when it's time to labor, can I tell you something? Anywhere you don't labor in, you have no inheritance. Anywhere you don't labor in, no inheritance. But many, many people, painfully many young people, you just want, you, you want inheritance everywhere. You want to labor nowhere. When you are in a place, you try and ask yourself, how is this thing working? Try and think beyond the obvious. You will learn to ask yourself, how can I be of help to this person? How can I be of help to that person? Not always, how can I collect? How can I collect? How can I collect? You are living in a big man's house. Every day you are thinking of how you just say, God bless me. Bless me. You want to collect. You You need to ask yourself, how can I be of help? How can I? What can I do to help this person? Your friend is getting married. All you are thinking about is, I go chop rice. I go, think, what can I do to help them? Don't say you are too small. Can I, I can package 5K. I can do something. I can help service. In a church like this, you know, I, I found something, God. They don't care how the church is, how they are managing to make things happen. Anytime for, time for responsibility. Time for giving, time for work. Let's make things happen. I jump and pass. But if you call the pastor to pray for you by 12 midnight or 1 a.m., I don't answer you. I don't look good. I leave the church. They don't get love. They don't get love. They don't get love for this church. No love for this church. That's how people are. They want to collect. want to collect. But service will say, what can I add? How can I add? You have to learn to think beyond the obvious. How is the people doing this thing? Praise the Lord. And finally, mercy. Learn to have mercy on people. Because sometimes, every one of us has flaws. In your attitude, you will learn to give people a chance. People will hurt you. People will wrong you. But don't have counsel culture. Don't be kind of person. Every little thing. I block. I don't block in line. I don't delete the number. Every small thing. Before I know, you are keeping malice with everybody. You say, me and the person, we don't go talk. We don't go talk. You, are, you have counseled everybody out of your life. Show some mercy. Of course, there are times when mercy has to stop because you are not God. Did you hear what I just said? So you need to know the balance. There's a balance of showing mercy and knowing when to stop. When people begin to take advantage of mercy, then it's, it's time is giving you timeline to stop. When somebody repeats something again and again and again and again, especially when your life is in danger, you have to know when to stop because in the name of showing mercy, people have entered long, wrong relationships. They've kept things that ought to have, they should have let go. Are you with me? Abusive, toxic relationships in the name of mercy. You have to know when to say, okay, I've tried. But don't just say I've tried after one. Some people after one thing, just one small brother and say I've tried, I've tried. You've not tried. <laughs> you didn't even make attempts. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that this topic is a very serious topic? Attitude. Can I shock you? It was the Holy Spirit that taught me about it. I knew when God started dealing with me, saying, you were too harsh. People who are close to me. I, I've changed though. <laughs> with the level of excellence and with the kind of way I like to do my things. Some of you that work with me by now, you would have run, run away. <laughs> For instance, people who are close, they know that if Pastor David gives you something to do, and after a while, he comes and starts doing the thing he told you to do. Most times, he's not happy with what he told you to do. You are not doing it well. 
I remember one particular time I told was it Pastor Phil or Pastor Vincent to sweep a particular place. The way they were spinning it. I, I didn't even know when I went out to the broom. I said, relax, sit down, don't worry, rest. <laughs> but at the point the Lord had to tell me, you can't always do, do that. You can't always be like that. So can I tell you something? I started changing. So now, there are some things that I'm not happy about. I have to calm down. I have to learn that. I have to show mercy to people. Because you, God showed you mercy. Praise the Lord.